0: Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw podcast, of course. What's that? Mmm.
1: Sit back, relax, and listen. And you're all gasmatic. You're all gasmatic. Speaking Sneaking in the back door, with daddy my might so. Your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans are. And you're all gasm
0: You're tuned in to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and her trusty, Rusty. Hey, love! What's up? Sorry for calling you Rusty (laughs) for the past six weeks. (laughs) I haven't come up with a new way to uh, refer to you, so I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) It's okay. Rusty gives, like... You know, what, and you say trusty rusty, so it's like, it's rusty, but it's still, it's still working. It's still, it's still, moving. It's still
0: working.
1: <laughs> it's still- <laughs> All right, so welcome to
0: week two of our deep dive into gender, which is always a fun topic, I find.
1: Yeah, so I mean, last week we were like heavily in the line of, you know, the idea of a social construct. I think we hear it a lot and it's it's kind of a part of like the way we think about gender and the way we kind of like talk about it, you know, and, and that's being two people raised with a kind of liberal education in college and, and, and the whole nine yards. So I wanted to see just kind of what was out there that maybe like either critique the idea of social construct or I don't want to say contradicted necessarily but maybe like massage the idea a little bit more. So one of the things that I was looking for was first from a psychologist and this is a psychology today article by Michael Mascolo, Mascolo, who <laughs> has a sub description of old school parenting for modern day families. I have no idea what that means. What the but, fuck? Uh, <laughs> right. I thought it was kind of like interesting, some of what he said. So I'm just going to kind of like read it out so we can gnaw on it a little bit. So he starts by I saying... Op- I love a good gnaw. I love a good He starts off by saying, we often hear that gender is socially constructed. What does that mean? And is it true? The popular idea that gender is socially constructed might be summed up as follows. There is a difference between sex and gender. Sex is biological, while gender is psychological, social, or cultural. A person's gender can be different from a person's sex. Gender is thus socially constructed, in the sense that unlike biological sex, gender is a product of society. If society determines what is masculine or feminine, then society can change what is considered masculine, feminine, or anything in between. No one needs to be locked into fixed gender categories. Any individual is free to identify their gender as they see fit. So, so far, like that's, I think, sums up kind of how we've been talking about gender. Sure.
0: Right? I, and I think that's how we mostly agree. I'll, it's not... That's simple. There's nuance to it. But yeah, I think that's the the general understanding is that it is not something that is scientifically determined, if you will.
1: Sure, sure. So um, he digs a little bit deeper and he says, although it is important, the concept of gender is an imprecise one. Depending upon how it is used, the concept of gender can be illuminating, clarifying, confusing, contradictory or downright incoherent. To illustrate this, let us begin by examining some typical definitions of the concepts of sex, gender, and gender identity. So I I think this is kind of like a good base. Now, my skepticism around, even though I studied it, psychology is always going to be in that, you know, when we look at queerness itself, right? This was listed in the psych books for a while as like a, a illness, a mental health issue, a a uh uh, what was it specifically it was something like combination of gender confusion and sex confusion it was like basically you know you're having some sort of personality disorder around you know, now, you are.
0: are you talking about gender dysphoria, or are you talking about like something that's more specific? No, to- I'm talking
1: about when homosexuality was still listed in the- Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Yes,
0: yes. Okay, I, I,
1: I di- didn't hear that part of the, it, yes. What is that, the DSM- psychological- di- DSM, diagnostic and- so whatever manual uh, it sounds so, so
0: interesting it sounds like we're talking about a car the diagnostic right? what's under the hood of this
1: right, here? right. Can, can we diagnose you as a homo let's find out yeah um, so i take some of this with a grain of salt you know especially when he launches into the american psychological association defines sex as a person's biological status typically categorized, categorized as male female or intersex um, which is atypical combinations of features that usually distinguish male from female. It defines gender as the attitudes, feelings, and behaviors that a given culture associates with a person's biological sex. So, so far, I'm okay with that. We don't often talk about all the kind of cultural nuances that create gender. You know, right. we, we are very much like steeped in a very U.S.-based kind of concept of what gender, you know, gender is. And so I think- Right, you know, oh, you're I'm having like,
0: a boy, he's gonna like blue in his bedroom.
1: <laughs> exactly. So this goes on to say, gender identity refers to a person's deeply felt inherent sense of being a boy, a man, or male, a girl, a woman, or female, or an alternative gender, gender queer, gender non-conforming, boy, girl, lady, boy, which may or may not correspond to a person's sex assigned at birth, or to a person's primary or secondary characteristics. Since gender identity is internal, a person's gender identity is not necessarily visible to others. Okay? All right, I'm following. On the surface, these definitions appear quite reasonable. However, they mask a series of deep contradictions that tend to occur when people talk about gender as a social construct if we are going to be able to have a constructive conversation about gender and society, it is important to unmask these contradictions. He goes, you know, I'm going to read what the contradictions are, but I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we should kind of talk about each of these. Right. So one of the first is gender cannot simultaneously be socially constructed and inherent to the individual. Okay. I, I guess my curiosity is, you know, um, you know, you get dive into the question of like, you know, I've had a friend before say, oh, well, you know, my, my little boy like just immediately picked up trucks. So, you know, it, it just made sense. His, his, his gender matched his interests. And of course, <laughs> I said, well, let me ask you this. When was the first time you sat little Joey or whatever in front of the television? Right. Right. Knowing full well that these kids have been exposed to TV and advertising from the day they were born. Right. He's
0: not living in a bubble or a vacuum.
1: Right. You know, if you see enough commercials, seeing little Joey like, oh, I'm identifying that I look like that boy in that commercial and he's playing with trucks. Hey, maybe you pick up trucks, but that still doesn't necessarily indicate anything about gender. Right. Sure.
0: I mean, it could be as simple as this. You know, he got some kind of positive feedback from his father for playing with the trucks or some, you know, some kind of like Pavlov shit where it's like, okay, well, dad likes this. So I like it too or something like that.
1: Right. Right. So off the cuff, I would say, you know, I don't know where he's going with this yet, but that, that I don't think gender is inherent. I don't think that this is a, a, a contradiction. I think, you know, (laughs) we're just not used to saying that gender is socially constructed, that there are still people, no matter how, small of a slice that think that we have, you know, an inherent or naturally occurring gender, you know, predisposition based on like, you know, our sex, right? So I think, you know, so what he says in here is the APA definition of sex refers to the biological reproductive apparatus, while gender refers to cultural expectations and norms. Drawing on this distinction, when people say that gender is socially constructed, they tend to assert that sex is independent of gender. However, if gender is an arbitrary creation of society, how is it possible for gender identity to be an internal and inherent sense of self? It is not possible for gender to simultaneously be an arbitrary product of culture and an inherent experience of the individual. If gender comes from the culture, how can it also be an inherent property of the individual person? So I guess, I guess when he dives onto this, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't agree that there's anything about gender or gender identity that is inherent. You know, I think we can't, we have no situation where we can live separate from societal norms, you know, unless you're like raised in a commune somewhere. With like absolutely like neutral values around gender and, and and expression, right? Like talking like completely like asexual clothing, no ref- references to pronouns, and no association with your genitalia having some sort of social expression, right. you know? So I I I think that there is an, an inherent sense of that, and I could be wrong, and this could be. You know a great debate for the round table but like you know i think it's really hard to say anything is inherent it's like saying something is human nature well we don't know it's human nature because we can't we can't see it or experience it in a vacuum right, right. culture is always going to have an influence on this and and obviously whatever culture you live in i would gander if you lived in a culture where all the boys were raised to be lady boys, you know, Mm -hmm. that, (laughs) you know, that would be the representation of male or masculine. Right. You know, because we'd be saying, well, boys, this is their trajectory. This is why you're expected by whatever age we expect you to be dancing and and wearing a dress and picking up clients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's my limited limited understanding of ladyboy culture. I think that's from Thailand, if I'm not, not mistaken. But, you know, that's where, again, cultural has a big impact in here. So. He goes on to the next point saying gender identity cannot be simultaneously self-chosen and the product of socialization. Huh. Hmm. Why would be my question. So let's see what he says. The idea idea that gender is socially constructed is often taken to mean that gender identities are the product of socialization. This statement stands in contradiction to the idea that gender identities arrive from the process of self-identification That it is in the individual who decides upon gender identity. What is the source of one's gender identity? Is it an experience that resides in oneself? If so, then it cannot be a mere result of socialization. If one's sense of gender is merely socialized, what role does the person play in self-identification? If there is no personal basis for identifying one's gender, gender identification would itself become an arbitrary process." So, I actually think the, the kind of crux of it is in his last statement there. So gender, even the concept of gender identity to me seems to be like when we're non-verbal, we're not articulating, we're imagining ourselves as rep- you know, uh, identifying with more masculine or quote unquote feminine traits. Even this idea of like, you know, what does that mean internally? is going to be influenced by social. I think this is a question I'm very curious for the group, like uh, uh, this distinction between gender and gender identity, right? You know, are we yeah. saying that g- gender itself is just, you know, the the social pressure that we feel out of society that we have, like, are, are coming to? And, you know, so, and and this is a good question. Gender identity. Is this something that, like, n- you know, I feel like what's being said here, and maybe he's misunderstanding, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to call somebody else wrong, is that, you know, gender identity is coming out of, like, your early experience and saying, everybody is saying I'm like this, and inherently I don't feel like this, or I mm. don't identify, identify that way. But that that's not, like, that's still an internal process, but, like, I think the idea that it's inherent you know, it's inherent, maybe only in the sense that like, you know, inherently we are a blank canvas. And when we start hearing things, that's when that canvas fills in for us. Sure. Okay, some food for thought. Okay. And yeah, then... that's,
0: that's interesting. I would love to know some opinions of others um, in general and just to hear experiences that maybe don't that, you know, refute that or align with it. I'd think it'd be
1: yeah. interesting because some somewhere in here, I'm feeling that his idea of what he's saying for gender is the social construct of masculine and feminine. And when we're talking gender identity, that, that is more a, of a spectrum to that individual. Right. But again, these things, are you only have these definitions as they're defined top down, even the idea of what gender is, right. Like, at the inherent most, we have biological sex. And, right, we already know what a variation that is, right? But we're saying if you're looking for inherent things, I do think the only inherent thing is biological sex. Everything else is being developed around how we as individuals are interacting with the world and how we feel the most comfortable in our own skin.
0: Well, but... (laughs) But then that takes away from the idea, or correct me if I misunderstood what you're saying, I, I mean, biological sex is sometimes wrong, right? We we come out in this de- predetermined by a set of whatever rules, genitalia, whatever the fuck we decide, sure. we come out into this world and sometimes that's not the sex that matches our brain, you know, So sure. then, so then it isn't inherent in that way. It's, sure. and, and it's it's an interesting conversation. And it's, you know, there are ways to look at it both ways, for sure. But I think the big question is, like, are we saying people are born with a certain gender identity already kind of fixed into them? Or is it that socially, it's kind of an amalgamation of what they've been through, what they've experienced, what they enjoy, what they see themselves sure. as, that creates their gender identity overall, later in life, or, or whenever they decide, you Sure. Know?
1: Yeah. No, and, and I think these are the kind of nuances of the conversation that, like, you know, we didn't think to have, that I think, you know, at the very least, reading through, especially these next couple, I think, you know, it at least starts the ball rolling in how to, like, dig deeper into that. So gender identity cannot simultaneously be invisible and socially verifiable. So and and again, I'll I'll preface this that a lot of this looks like it's pushing or working with the definitions, definitions. Defined, defined by the APA, right? right? So it's saying it's it's kind of almost like an in-field examination of how they're talking about gender, sex, and gender identity, which you know I think it's good to be having, period. Um so uh if as the APA definition maintains, gender identity is something that is not necessarily visible to others how can we verify a person's claim to a given gender identity well why do you need to but a social (laughs) right right
0: again uh, again it's that whole like brain uh, versus physical thing right why does it have to physically manifest for you to believe that it's a a thing a a real thing to it it doesn't have to be tangible according to your standards in order for it to fall under a definition Hmm, interesting
1: right yeah. So this next statement, I think, is, is is true Is kind of what I've been saying. A social identity is not the kind of thing that can be determined to be a solitary self by a solitary self. It can't be determined alone, like in a vacuum, which we basically were saying. Social identities okay. are ver- verified and validated in social relations. If this were not the case, we would be compelled to accept any identity claim made by any individual exclusively on the basis of self-assertion alone. Okay, so I, I think, but there's a problem with that statement, right? So social identities are verified and validated in social relations. I don't agree with that. If that were the case... We would, you know, be whatever the dominating social group, like, was was validating, right? Because you can, like, feel a certain way and say I'm X, Y, and Z. Perfect instance. Let's just talk about coming out at a young age to your parents, right? And then saying, no, I don't validate that. You know, no, like, you're too young or, or, or right. this isn't the right age. So, you know, in that case, are we to say that 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 invalidation means that we can't validate our own identity based on our own feelings, even sure. if we don't agree.
0: And, you know, I again, this would be great... Conver- this specific conversation for the roundtable, I'd like to hear because, <laughs> you know, people often speak of, like, gender euphoria. And mm-hmm. while well, I have said many times that I'm... I feel non-binary without using the term non-binary, I wonder what it's like to not be recognized as the gender that you feel you are and that you feel you represent and that you, you know, uh, maintain is your gender, right? So like, I wonder if, if that invalidation has any weight to it in this context, you know, I don't think that you need to be validated by others in order to be something. I don't think that, you know, if, you, if you're a fucking cellist and they haven't announced you as one of the greatest cellists, you're still a fucking cellist, right? Well, so, well
1: I mean, if, if that were the case, we'd be all war, warmongering colonists, right? Like, you know, this 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 idea of validation, I think this is what I kind of disagree with them mo- the most in what he's saying right
0: right and i i disagree too i disagree that you need to be validated in order for something to be um but i do think that there is some a, a layer there's probably at least a layer of you know uh self-esteem or something that comes with being validated in those feelings i, I don't think it makes it more tangible or more real or whatever. But I do think that there's probably at least an emotional response to said validation. That's, that's reassuring for oneself. Yeah.
1: Well, so, okay. But that's not so the this point is, he's
0: making. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> this, this clear. No, no, no. But I, but that's, but that is important. And I think it's important in digesting the second path, you know? So he, he states, this is not how the construction of identity works in order to gain credibility with others and to the self. Any identity claim must be accompanied by some sort of public expression that can be shared with others mm. that I don't agree with. Right. <laughs> and that, that's
0: that part that I was kind of questioning is, is, is he just trying to say that it like feels good? I, no, its he's trying to say that it's not real if it's not publicly.
1: Right. Ew,
0: I, I don't like that. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't like the direction he uses. He says, this is not to say that people cannot and do not identify themselves in terms of prevailing gender categories. It only means that societies do not accept identity claims on the basis of self-identification alone. Okay, but that's, that's, that's if you choose, right. I mean, it kind of kills the whole idea of like dissent being part of like, are also social experience saying in lieu of validation, you know, in lieu of acceptance from society, it doesn't, it doesn't delegitimize your identity claim.
0: Right. Like I know just as a, a very simple, just to make it simplistic, I know plenty of people that are say gender non-conforming or, you know, gender queer or non-binary and they you know, wake up some days and they wear very, quote unquote, according to our society standards, feminine outfits or feminine looking presentation. And then the next Mm. day they, they might not do any of that at all. Right. So that doesn't make them like, because yesterday you were femme doesn't make you not non-binary or because yesterday you were femme doesn't make you not masculine if that's how you see your gender. Right. Just, you know, The idea of how you present yourself is fucking, not to quote fucking RuPaul, but it's a costume for fuck's sake. So it's almost (sighs) like it's so silly that like to say that you can't play around with this presentation or else it's not valid. I don't know. that's,
1: That's the thing. I think he's really digging into like the totality of what identity formation and identity yeah. psychology means. Cause he goes, identity claims are created and validated in social exchanges where people express their identities, not simply in words, but also in deeds and actions. Now for an individual, I would say, you know, to make your identity real to you, you know, i do think you you know part of that is incorporating whatever you think that identity is associated what it means you know like on a very non-gender like when people say they're extroverted right you know um you know it kind of becomes part of their identity right and it's you know they're saying i'm extroverted but like you know you could be extroverted in the sense of a uh, in your own room, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, uh, being on the internet, saying things, but like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, have an external validation. If you feel extroverted and you are extroverted in, in, in terms of what your idea of that means, then how are we to say that's not part of your identity? You know, like, you know, this, this, it's it's a it's a strange thing when we talk about external forces having to like validate or verify us like that gets very problematic in in many ways just because we know what that you know all the implications of that mean whether we're we're talking about somebody who who says they're Latino but white right you know right. we don't even most people don't even understand this but this is. You know, this is their identity formation based on on the terminology and definitions given to them by like the U.S. census. Right. Right. uh, Yeah. I'm of Latin Latin American heritage. And as far as the colorism checkbox, I present white. Right. Right. Like, (laughs) let's talk about how arbitrary that is. Right. So and that's
0: what it seems like. It's a bunch of fucking arbitrary labels that determine uh, arbitrary labels that. Other people are putting on you that determines how you see yourself. That's fucking nonsense, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't make you any less Hispanic, for example, just because you're quote unquote white. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we can have other conversations about how other people might see you. okay, but that doesn't make you not that thing. You know how you're perceived is not who you are. So yeah. I, I, really don't like the idea that unless society out there is, is checking the box for you and saying, yup, feminine, <laughs> like what the fuck? So you're saying that there's actions that, that directly correlate with femininity and, and what pray tell are those actions, you know? Cause it said, it's like the sum of more than just your presentation. It's also like the, these things that you do as well, the fuck. The fuck? Mm -mm, I don't like that. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of back and forth. So I'm going to read two two last things from this guy. So the human experience is not divided into separate biological and socially constructed parts. The problem with popular concept that sex is biological and gender is cultural is the idea that sex and gender reflect independent aspects of the person. However, there are no separable biological and cultural aspects of a person. Acting and experience. Okay. So let's unpack that. Yeah. There are no, there are no separable biological and cultural aspects of a person. Okay. So what I think he is saying here is that, you know, um, our concept, our idea of like, even our biology is culturally, you know, is obviously culturally influenced and culturally a part of the conversation. Right. Sure. We can't, we can't just be a biological being or be a cultural being, right? Those two things are always going to kind of be integrated, regardless of like your definitions. I'll agree with that on some level. Yeah. Acting and acting and experiencing do not have separate biological and cultural mm-hmm. components. Acting and experiencing. Okay, let's see where you're going. Biology and culture influence each other. They make each other up. For example, the act of writing is a historically and culturally constructed process. However, it is made possible by the biology of the opposable thumb. And all things biology and culture make, up, make each other up. The same is true for the relationship between biology and culture as they relate to construction of gender. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of like a whopper, like in, in ter- terms of thinking about it. So agreed right so what what i kind of said in the beginning culture is always influencing us and when we're talking culture we're just you know, people have a lot of ideas of what culture mean. Obviously, culture is is a lot of things. Culture can be, you know, what your neighborhood is like, to what your, like, sense of nationalism is like, to what your kind of influences are based on, like, the weather to where you live, right? Like, you know, the idea that, like, maybe you wear like shorts and a tank top all the time, you know, because where you're from, it's like in you know, 110 degrees every day. Right. Or <laughs> things like that. Right. So what I think makes most sense about this is that we, from the get go are being culturally influenced with how we think about our biological sex anyway. Right. Even okay. whether you like, like are you know, discover that you have a uterus and can bear children you're immediately culturally being influenced while learning that idea of what that means to have that particular, those biological sexual components, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way of like, you know, having visible, presentable breasts, you know, has all sorts of like, you know, cultural components and cultural influences with it. Whether like leaving the whole idea of gender identity out of the conversation, right? You just know that there are things to expect from that there are things that society or the culture you're in expect or limit or, or, or have an opinion about based on those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I think, you know, as you move through the world, that means a lot of things, you know, (laughs) like thinking about like the handmaid's tale, if you're a woman and you're like able to bear children in that, in that series, you're going to be slated for one of a couple of roles, right? And you're probably immediately thinking about that as you understand that concept of what that means, right? You know, what it means to like, you know, be expecting menses and like understanding how like that, you know, is attached to your body in all sorts of different ways and and society's expectations of you. So I get that. And, and I think what he's trying to say gently in here, but I'm not, I don't believe he's doing a very good job at it, is saying, regardless, like, sex and gender are, like, influencing each other, at least in the way that we're thinking about it in terms of identity, right? You can't separate whatever somebody, like, describes your biological sex from, from what the gender expectations are around from, like, like learning that information, Right. Sure. And so so even if you're gender identifying differently, you're always going to have the cultural construct or pressure uh, or idea or concept of what your biological sex is, you know, in reference to that, because they've been so tied together in society. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think his last little little point here, and maybe this is where we can like do like a little final like critique or like praise of him is under the title gender politics. People are confused and divided in political discussions about sex and gender. Much of the debate over gender is ideological in nature. Some fear that if gender is not socially constructed, the political goals of gender equality will lose traction and credibility. I don't think that's the only reason.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Others...
1: Others argue that saying that gender is socially constructed is to deny the contributions of biological, quote unquote, nature, neither ideologically extreme, neither ideological extreme is supported by psychological research. Okay, so you have right in there, his, his kind of like, constraint of which he's working in, right? Definitely evaluating this under like the realm of like, what he thinks psychology supports as a conversation around these two topics. Mm-hmm. right? Um, unfortunately, you know, without that kind of maybe sociological like aspect, you are agreeing from the get-go that there is something as nature, right? A lot of people will argue that there's really no such thing as like net- nature or natural, right? In that like everything you know, all of our, our genomes are different. Like, we're all interacting in the world as a more of a cha- chaotic reaction to things happening. Not right. that there's like a quote, unquote, natural anything. Is right. N- there's no standard. Right. You could be born as as a, you know, uh, a, a person that doesn't have the abilities like either does is missing a womb or has some other difference in their makeup in their biology that doesn't allow them to bear children right Mm -hmm. or doesn't you know like you could be a dude shooting blanks right like this would kind of take away from the idea well i have the parts, so i'm naturally a man or naturally a woman you know you fall by the wayside he does say in here, there is no nature that is independent of social context. I, I agree with that. I would just say it would be easier for you to say that there is no nature. You can't talk about these things as if they're either this or that, right? Because, you know, you add the idea of intersex. And, and and all these other biological variations of human beings and just how random and like requiring all the right kind of chemistry for things like childbirth and, and conception to even happen, right? We're We're saying it's like, there's not, nature isn't fixed. He says, gives like credence to that. But like, I think he enters into a danger zone trying to like offer the idea that like, you can talk about gender and these other things. And I would even now argue talking about sex in a way that isn't somehow socially constructed, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't, that doesn't mean you can therefore say because these things intersect with each other, that gender isn't socially constructed. All you can say is that in the reverse, I don't think the idea of sex and biology can even be like realized without the idea that it has a socially constructed influence to it.
0: Right. Everything has a socially constructed influence to it. And the only thing that's natural that we're talking about right now is my
1: tits. Oh, they're beautiful. For those of you Amen. who will see it somewhere else. So, <laughs> okay. So, you know, I just,
0: you know, sometimes we need to break up what we're talking about with boob talk.
1: Absolutely. With boob talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think this is good because, you know, we talked a lot of, you know, we take a lot of for, things for granted when we're having our conversations. So we use terminology and have discussions. And, and we should even keep in mind a lot of the terminology, even being used to describe these things, is being socially constructed. It's being constructed by academia. It's being constructed by, you know, scientists who like decide we're going to use this word, this word, or that word, or whatever the prevailing power source of the conversation, has taken power of the conversation has, has put down to us. Right. If we all, were,
0: if we were two indigenous people right now, our conversation would be completely different about how right. we're discussing gender in general. We, we, we could be talking about two spirit individuals, for example, there's so many factors that go into even like you said, just biology is not this standard. It's dependent on social constructs as well. well.
1: And and I, right. And actually speaking to two spirits, we read something recently about the controversy in the Native American community over that term, that, that this is, this is more of a top down term that started getting used, not necessarily by individuals that identified that way. Right. Mm. You know? So, I mean, probably like, you know, this idea of somebody taking something from your culture, like lady boy, right? Sure, how, yeah. How, however, you know, I don't know what the the original word, like, literally means, but I guarantee whatever the word was, somebody who, like, translated it into English chose to use it this way, sure. right? I'm sure whatever the, the term is within that culture itself does not literally translate to lady. <laughs> so um you know because why would it? it doesn't it's like such a weird like u.s.y kind of thing to say so the one thing i want because i think this the the second article and i don't even care it's from some stupid magazine called mind coolness or something some fucking blog or whatever <laughs> mm. and the title is is masculinity a social construct and the reason i picked this article is because there are few statements in here i thought we could at least talk about and explore a little bit you know because i do think this conversation comes up when people are talking a lot about attraction right so the kind of subtitle is defining masculinity ethologically so homo sapiens is a sexually reproducing species to reproduce two members of each sex one male one female must come together and fuck I like the the way this is written. All right. The biological drive that makes a man and a woman come together is called sexual attraction. A female's attractive qualities are feminine, whereas a male's attractive qualities are masculine. What is feminine and masculine is objectively determined by how well it attracts members of the opposite sex, quote unquote, potential mates. Masculinity can therefore be defined as the potential to sexually attract females. Ethologically speaking, masculine is whatever makes a man sexually attractive to women. The more sexually attractive a quality is to a woman, the more masculine the quality is. Some examples. Wait. I know I know we have, we, have, we have critiques. We have critiques and I'm only just gonna read I'm gonna read the examples because I think it'll give us a little bit more meat to the conversation. Yeah, give me some
0: t- more meat, baby.
1: <laughs> if being tall and muscular is sexually attractive to women, then height and muscularity are masculine qualities. Okay, so I do hear already that they're saying that this is defined, the concept of masculinity is defined by the partner who is attracted, you know, right? So so and and they're saying, you know, in terms of at least reproduction attraction or or mating. Right. That sexual attraction and therefore what is sexually attractive between a a quote unquote man and a woman is going to be defined by said man and a woman, which kind of goes with the idea of like what, you know, we were talking about last week. Like, what does it now mean to be a good man or a good woman? Right. Like these are straight
0: people are really fucking boring
1: i know i know but we, 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 <laughs> this
0: we, is what we're discussing right
1: right right if being, lo- <laughs> Sorry. if being loud and aggressive is sexually attractive to women the loudness and aggressiveness are masculine qualities.
0: it's not sexually attractive
1: <laughs> no 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 if being rich and successful is successfully attractive to women is sexually attractive to women, then wealth and success in all traits that lead to it are masculine qualities. Uh... If being fun and easygoing is sexually attractive to women, then humor and easygoingness are masculine qualities. So you see what he's doing here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if if being coy and submissive is sexually attractive to women, then coyness and submissiveness submissiveness are masculine qualities. Oh, and here he goes for the, the bonus point. If wearing makeup and high heels is sexually attractive to women, then wanting to wear such things is a masculine trait. Okay, fair. So what he's basically saying is like in these terms, you know, for sexually reproducting species for that subset of our human population, that is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that. When we're, when he's trying to unpack this, right? And especially in relation to biological sex and the ability to reproduce, right? Okay. He's, he's saying in order for these two kind of like subspecies within Homo sapiens to actually get together, which, you know, naturally speaking, I guess, even though we like talked about that word, but for get together <laughs> to produce offspring, That whatever they kind of define as traits that attract them and make them want to like give up their portion of the agreement to like produce said child, that's going to be masculine or feminine, depending upon what side of that fence you're sitting on.
0: And, okay okay so it's sort of what we were but, saying which is society just right.
1: dis- determines okay, right. okay so to me that clearly the states- examples
0: annoyed me at first but now i understand where he went i know so it's,
1: in- <laughs> it's interesting because it, it's basically saying okay These are social constructs, and you can see what we mean by it being social constructs by the variants I'm giving you, whatever you would typically think. I'm saying it's masculine in the sense that if a woman needs to be attracted to a semen producer to get impregnated, then that is what's going to happen. That needs to happen for her. She needs to uh, interpret those things as, as masculine traits this
0: is why people's minds are blown when they hear that like the male of like a bird species like shows pretty colors to the woman to attract it like this is why this is that kind of conversation where it's just like it's just whatever de- it's whatever is determined by that species to be attractive and, you know what I mean like people are like the, the, the boy bird has faggy feathers and you're just like what the fuck it's that species determined that how that's how the attraction works. Calm down, I, you know. I,
1: I, I mean Sorry.
0: so random aside. No, 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 but no, no.
1: But, it, but it's it's so good, you know. So he talks about, you know, obviously, and we talked about this a million times, what are the cultural stereotypes of manhood, right? What are the behavioral guidelines associated with performing masculinities right, right. it's one thing you know to be a, 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 a consider yourself a dude but it's another to actually take on whatever the the kind of norms of the day are that like make you perform man not just be man have a mm. performance performance of being man which i think See, is i told good.
0: you you're putting on a costume and you're performing <laughs> all this shit is at the end of the go- goddamn day
1: Seriously. So, you know, he says, depending on their childhood family and sociocultural environment, some women may be more attracted to tough, aggressive, domineering machos. Well, there you go. Whereas (laughs) Whereas others may be more attracted to chivalrous, charming, emotionally balanced men. But does this make masculinity a social construct? Yes, it does. I don't even need to read the rest. I'm going to tell you it does. whether the woman's attract, <laughs> right? It, it's not just about the man performing. It is about what a woman is like influences socialized to expect as masculine or manly traits, right? Like mm-hmm. what is what is the association of what she should be like achieving if she wants to quote unquote, go back to last week, get a good man and vice versa, a good woman, right? I love this. Social factors may influence what moistens vaginas, and thereby, thereby influence what specific qualities count as manly in any given culture. I'm going to leave you right there. Um, it, it,
0: moistens! <laughs> sorry, I'm just
1: kidding. I mean, he, I'm, he's I'm trying not... to make... He's trying to make the... He is literally trying to make the argument that masculinity is primarily a biological construct. Because he's saying that masculinity is simply the traits that excite a woman to like want to reproduce with him. And I think under that kind of limited definition. Yeah, uh, that first of
0: all, that that it's there's trans erasure right there. You know, what oh I mean? of course. Like, oh yeah. yeah. The whole right? the whole
1: article, the whole article doesn't consider that because yeah. it's it's not that's not the argument it's trying to make, but I do like the beef of like what we're kind of up, a, up against when people are trying when people are trying to be liberal and have this conversation about masculinities, they're still not willing to let go that all of it is constructed. And you know, reading all of this from like a couple of different categories, I, I would still say, given the fact that you cannot separate culture from like anything, regardless of how you identify, it's either a response into culture making you feel like you should identify a way that you don't and therefore Mm -hmm. you don't identify that way or are you feeling like ah this is good enough for me i'll adopt this i'll adopt this identity i'm gonna internalize this and make this a part of my conversation when i tell people my pronouns or whatever you know, and, and and again, it's where I I do like always fall on the idea that like non-binary identification makes a lot of sense to me if if you are trying to like unpack the construct of gender, right? Oh, yeah. Because I would say in my for me in my heart of hearts that I don't identify with any of these described roles of masculine and femininity. They do they they seem so capitalist serving, obviously, you know, like
0: hundred percent,
1: but like, it's just like, if I were told, what do you truly like, you know, and I'm just speaking for me, like truly identify, you know, for a gender identity using Mr. Psychological whatever's is that, no, I do not inherently feel I have a gender identity. I inherently feel my name is Aaron. I was born on February in February you know, and, and, and much past like saying what I don't identify with, like I don't identify with the heteronormative lifestyle. I don't Mm -hmm. identify with having to always wear masculine presenting clothes or whatever, and whatever the fuck that means, you know, I, I would say my, my, my big like rebuttal would be taken outside the vacuum of anybody else's influence. I don't feel that I would particularly be drawn to present as one gender or another right it just for me it's it, same it, you know i mean i love lipstick and shit but fuck if i'm gonna put that shit on regularly right like, same nope no nope.
0: same i do this unfortunately for the male gaze and once in a and the male gaze g-a-y-s once in a while uh, though <laughs> I, you know i shouldn't say that i actually that's why i consider myself like I guess gender non-conforming or whatever the fuck fluid whatever I just think that like my gender 100% depends on how I want to see my reflection that day you know if I'm feeling it oh you're getting eyeliner and eyebrow baby but if I'm not feeling it you're not getting any of the above unless it's literally for my job that's the only time uh, uh,
1: it's uh, non-negotiable I think if 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 the chicken or the egg conversation was replaced and like makeup and things like that existed in a general neutral capacity, you know, would somebody like to see their face with a little like pinkish color, a little rouge? And that's eyeshadow. becoming
0: more of the normal these days, anyways. People,
1: absolutely,
0: people that identify as male and men are wearing makeup because now we're realizing like it's okay for you to feel cute about yourself, too. Like, hello, if you're only fixed to like your face is to like wash it, <laughs> you're allowed absolutely. to wear makeup, baby. It's like, and it's so nice to see that that's like becoming the norm, like, it's absolutely, you know. It's just, it's silly that it wasn't the norm for so fucking long. I thought the 90s was going to throw that shit on its head, but did a good job of it, unfortunately. All we got so, out of it was like eyeliner yeah. and nail polish on dudes, you know, boring.
1: Right. So I think for the deeper dive, I would love, you know, because we are still a sex podcast at heart to dive into people really bucking the constructs of gender and sexuality identity and engaging in you know, non quote unquote traditional normative uh, kind of and gender sex interactions, like mm-hmm. a gender queer. Like I, I guess that's like, I'm more interested in like deeper diving into the gender queer element or, you know, like, and I don't think I have understood enough about how people use this term. I would think of people sure. like, like Pat Khalifa and like, you know, other individuals that are engaging in activities that don't fit any of the regular, you know, like lanes that people, when they identify a certain way, think that they need to stay in. Sure. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah, I just want to say that um I would like for us to get rid of gender reveal parties. That's
1: rude. Uh, and they're so and, dangerous these days, apparently. And I'd How like people for people died died to. Ass.
0: I I wish that licking ass stayed in its lane because I'm sick of hearing straight boys talk about like, getting their asses licked as if they're like breaking some kind of barrier in the world. Like you're not breaking a mold. Calm down.
1: Yeah, the Calm prostate. Down. Ha, the prostate has been around for a very fucking long time, gentlemen.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> it, that. We're not even talking about prostate play. We're talking. Oh, about that's true. Strictly rem uh, jobs. You are not groundbreaking.
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. If you can't hit my prostate with your tongue, don't fucking enter the house.
0: <laughs> I just, I, I just feel like to like end on a lighter note. I just feel like there is like this direct like result of. I don't want to say just like a straight cis boys essentially have developed Mm. like they're like i'm so progressive i get my butt licked like first of all studies show that you don't use a sponge on your asshole so like don't even ask for it anyways like go back into your cave please like oh speaking of which i
1: I really liked that that pegging you sent me you were the one that sent me that pegging reel right of like boys wanting to be pegged and asking, asking, asking appropriately. Right. Like I thought that was a very nice part, like respectful, you know, and, and I do think this is, you know, it's an interesting thing. We have to be able to figure out how to express things that we want without getting tied up in what like that express, like that, that kind of, gender role constraint you know like says well you know and, and that's what I always tell straight guys you want to support these things I'm telling you you're missing out on so much fucking pleasure that doesn't need to just be done with another man that can be done with your female partners as well
0: no I know what I'm trying to say is now people have gone past that and yeah. now it's like they're that's their identity now I like my ass licked okay
1: Shut up. Are, the, are those called are those called rim bros <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just like
0: I I don't want to see in the same timeline on Twitter, uh, straight boys don't wash their butthole because it's gay, and then also like straight boys that want their butt licked, like.
1: Wait, Stop straight it. boys. Straight boys don't wash their butthole because yeah.
0: Apparently, that was like a big 2020 conversation, is or even maybe I don't know when it really took off. But yeah, apparently, it's gay to like spread your cheeks and wash your hole.
1: Uh, well, it could. Also- <gasps> it could also be considered gay to live in your man filth depending upon what you're into so
0: that's true i actually had to tell <laughs> I, I had to tell a, a straight boy the other day that like something about i don't know something about stinkiness and i was like well no yeah. that that that's very much sexualized by many people yeah. and they were like yeah. what and i was like yeah, oh, yeah. that's i was like all... I, you know i used to live with a gay guy right like you I get your
1: whole <laughs> raunch, raunch, man, stink, pit licking. I mean, yeah. there's gotta, be, there's gotta be like straight boys that like are into like getting. Oh their yeah, pits, listen.
0: Like- the amount of like shit-stained underwear requests I've gotten—that's pl- there's that's a thing. It's just wow. that it's not a commonly understood as real thing like not a lot of people know that that's a thing out there that people are regularly requesting yeah
1: yeah it's like there's
0: the scent of humans is is
1: all natural baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) where did this conversation devolve to i don't don't know know. all i know is i just really want to throw in there that boys should wash their bums um everybody should
1: wash their bums and if you want to be a rim bro you're not groundbreaking
0: rim. for asking for a rim job, is all is all. I oh, say. You're definitely. Not groundbreaking. You're not no. breaking any fu- you're not shattering any kind of fucking no. oh, I, I like my butt-like. Cool. As you should have forever. Get over it. Yeah. You know? Stop being immature, Steve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder if Jay-Z gets his butt lit. Do you think Beyonce licks Jay-Z's butthole?
0: I think Beyonce probably doesn't because beyonce understands that like you know she her mouth is her them. money maker <laughs>
1: and she, <needs> <laughs> <healthy>. <laughs> I... she ain't taking any chances with that mouth <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you know what i i don't
0: i i don't know about beyonce and jay-z but i feel like cardi b definitely likes her man's butthole you know
1: <laughs> yeah totally Fuck yeah! You know. Anyway, that was beautiful. So tune in next week. (laughs) Who knows what will what will be licking next week? But I'm sure it'll be something. Wait, hold on. I
0: feel like I I was just disparaging to Cardi B. I feel like Cardi B. No,
1: fuck that. uh,
0: No, I mean like she's you know she's freaky. She does she does.
1: Of course. Yeah, she does.
0: She I'm just digging does. myself into a hole right now that I'm not going to get out of. Mom. But I wonder if it'll be moistened by the males <laughs> in my life. Uh, like, what the fuck? Oh, I hated that article. I get that that wasn't the point of the article,
1: but like as you were She reading, had a moist right. vagina. <clears throat> yeah, totally. a <laughs> <laughs> little
0: banjo ditty over here.
1: Anyways.
0: No, 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 no. Tune in next week. Oh, by the way, it's my birthday today if you're listening to this on the date of release. Oh, shit, December 1st. World AIDS Day, check your status, get tested, learn about you equals you, give uh, money to prevention access, and uh Oh, good person. Sc-
1: scoot your ears after that or before that, depending upon when releases what, to the inaugural NQO podcast being released yes. on your birthday with Willow.
0: Yes, I have a new segment, a part of the new New Queer Order podcast, where once every few months I'll be interviewing sex workers, and it's more of like a hair down, less interview, more of us just kind of talking the shit together, conversation about our jobs. And our first one kicks off today, if you're listening to this today, December 1st, on New Queer what Order, the and it's called orifice hours and i will be reviewing willow raven the lovely and talented so tune in fuck yeah like subscribe bye